Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Greg Peterson experience here on VSIN, the sports betting network, and we've got three hours of fun coming up as we've got an amazing card for the NFL divisional series of NFL games and we're going to be taking a look at that in about 15 minutes as we're going to be joined by David Behrman. He does great work over at ESPN Chalk, taking a look at the great game of football. And on top of that, we're going to be also joined by Frank Schwab. does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports. They're going to be joining me in hour number one, taking a look at everything that we're going to be getting this week. And I can tell you, just in my personal opinion, we've got seven of the top eight teams still remaining in the NFL. I feel like Chargers have a little bit more skill than the Jags, but... Well, they, for some reason, are not changing out their coach. I have no idea why. We will try to get a little bit of investigation there, but we're going to be talking about that in hour number one. Hour number two, Tom Cunningham. He does amazing work taking a look at just a little bit of everything. He's joined me to talk a little NBA, college football. He talks some Oscars. He talks baseball when that's in season. You're able to go down the line. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking NBA, and we're going to be talking so much more. With him in hour number two, he's over there at runmypool.org. And then in hour number three, Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is going to be taking a look at these divisional round matchups of the NFL playoffs. And he was also at the Clippers versus Sixers game, which is going on right now as I record this in the fourth quarter. So hopefully we do not get quadruple overtime in that game. So that way we're able to have him join me. But we're going to be taking a look at some NBA. We're going to be also taking a look at 
just a great series of games that we're going to be getting this weekend in the NFL as well. So, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And here to start out Tuesday, obviously, we didn't have too many rambunctious headlines in the NFL. Feels like teams that are out of the playoff picture, some of them that have already changed out their coach are really looking at what to be able to do there. So hopefully within the next few weeks, we're going to be able to get a little bit more there. And then you get into NFL draft season, which is always a lot of fun. But in terms of on the field, on the court, it's all about riding slash fading streaks. When do you bet on a win streak? When do you fade a win streak? And vice versa with regards to losing streaks as well. And the crux of it all is what we're seeing in the NBA right now. And that's with the Brooklyn Nets, a team that has been just all over the place all season long, and now they're riding a little bit of a losing streak. They fall this time to the San Antonio Spurs, who in a year in which you thought that there would be a lot of teams that would be tanking for a gentleman with the last name Wembayama. Well, not a lot of teams have been necessarily able to execute other than the San Antonio Spurs, who are right now doing a terrific job of getting those balls in the ping-pong hopper and what have you as Hey, we're riding a pretty significant losing streak going into this one. They get it done against the Brooklyn Nets, a game in which the Brooklyn Nets could not get to 100 in 106 to 98. The Phoenix or the San Antonio Spurs are able to get it done. They're going to be playing against the Phoenix Suns within the next few days. But just very interesting as to gauging these streaks, both bad and good, and when to back them and when to fade them. Because I'm always a believer that. One data point should not be just weighed significantly more slash less than the other. You try to take everything into account, and you do want to be taking into account what you take a look at in terms of recency, and I think the biggest sport for that is always baseball. It's a sport that I absolutely love. You get some teams that are just smoldering hot. You never want to be going up against a team that has won like seven straight games or anything like that, but when you get like those seven-game win streaks in baseball, it's like, man... They haven't won like eight games in four years. You know what happens when they get up so high. And at the same time, you've got your trepidations going against them because when they get up to like a seven-game win streak, an eight-game win streak, you go against them and then they just completely bulldoze in that game by kind of eight to one. You're sitting there thinking to myself, well, this was a bad idea. Why in the world did I think this? So it's always very intriguing to be able to backslash fade streaks and I do think that there's a really an art to it and no two sports no two streaks you're able to go down the list all these are their own living breathing entity and what you've got to be gauging is what is the recent form in baseball what I talked about just a second ago momentum's as good as the next day starting pitcher when it comes to basketball you know what you're getting the same rotations unless if you get an injury and with the Brooklyn Nets that has certainly changed things for them Having the ailment right now to Kevin Durant, that just changed their outlook quite a bit. And you see when guys come back into the fold, when guys are starting to find their footing, for lack of a better term, that's able to help them out. We saw a nice streak in college basketball, not one that you'd necessarily expect. We did see a lot of good college basketball on Tuesday, but here's something that I'm not sure if you were aware of or not, but there is a few teams in college basketball that stink at covering the spread. Tulsa's right now number one. They've got two covers, and every other team in all of college basketball has at least three. But one of those teams with three covers, they were on display Tuesday night, and it did not go their way. 
And I'm talking about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They lose to Florida State by a count of 84 to 71. And two teams going in complete and utter opposite directions. Florida State is out 4-4 four four in the ACC after they went out of conference 2-9. and nine, Which, for those of you guys that look at college basketball, that makes no sense at all. But here we are here in 2023 where every conference other than the Big 12 has big giant wards. But Notre Dame in this game got down 13 to nothing. And as a matter of fact, they were down 32 to 11 before 10 minutes got passed. And they were a five point favorite. They did not cover once again. Fortunately, I did not back them in this game. This was a spot where my biggest regret was not making Florida State the favorite and just taking them out right on the money line. As the had something that I probably should have done, but you know what? With Notre Dame now three and fifteen, I believe that they've got a push in there as well against the spread thus far this season. And then on the flip side, I'm talking about Florida State a little bit. They've been able to cover some numbers recently, and a big reason why they've been able to cover some of these numbers, as I believe that they have now covered four out of their last six games, is because all of a sudden you've got a streak of a different kind. Matthew Cleveland, who was a top 50 prospect, just completely flamed out his freshman year, didn't really give you too much. And towards the beginning of this year, I was sitting there thinking to myself, man, did like all these prospect guys just completely whiff on him? Did I miss thinking when I turned on the tape, man, this guy's going to be pretty good at Florida State. I don't know if he's ever going to be necessarily this first round pick or anything, but you know what? I like what I see. I think he's going to be pretty solid. Did we all just whiff? Apparently, it just takes a little bit of a while for some of these guys to be able to come into their own because this was his eighth, got him eighth straight game with a double-double, and it becomes, what do you do in the next game with these teams? What do you do with the Brooklyn Nets moving forward? Going back to that point, do you continue to fade the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are now 3-15-1 against the spread, a Florida State team that is officially cooking with a little bit of gas. As I mentioned it, they have been able to cover four out of their last six games, but I believe it's actually seven out of their last nine if you want to go back even further. It's a Florida State team that all of a sudden, they've been able to make you a little bit of money, and the best answer that you're able to give is it all depends upon the number. It's something that I say quite a bit on this show, and it is so true. You're not betting teams. You're betting numbers. You can't just be like, yep, I am automatically going to be fading this Notre Dame team. They've won 3-15-1 against the spread. That means that they are just officially a fade. Now, if there's no adjustment made from what we just saw a few, a few hours ago with them getting completely drop-kicked in this game against Florida State, it was not close at any point whatsoever. If you're fighting Notre Dame in their next game, being a big, giant favorite, yeah, you can fade them once again. Absolutely do so, and... And those that are looking for the scheduling spot, their next game is going to be against Boston College on the 21st. So, and it's going to be coming up over the weekend. And if Notre Dame is finding themselves as a double-digit favorite, you know what? Nice fade spot. Meanwhile, if Notre Dame, for some reason, would be an underdog, they're not going to be an underdog in this game against Boston College, even though I'm sure that some of you guys might be out there disagreeing because of the way that Notre Dame has played. They've now lost five out of their last six straight up and Matter of fact, the last time they played against Boston College, they actually did lose that game. That was on the road against Boston College, but they lost 70-63 to going back to the 3rd of January in that contest. But I do think that 
it's just so intriguing to take a look at these streaks and how you gauge them because sometimes the best time to be able to jump in on some of these scenes is when they are riding a bad losing streak because everyone's just here like, oh, they sink. They've lit my money on fire time and time and time again. And then you're able to find some really good value. You're able to go dumpster diving. It's like going to the garage sale and it's like, yeah, I... I don't want these baseball cards. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do with them. There's like a 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card in there. $10. All right. We're finding some really good value here in this garage sale. Sometimes that could be that for some of these teams that are on a bad streak and vice versa with these teams that have been making you money. A lot of betters. They're going to start riding them once again, being like, yes, I've been able to get to the window. Three out of the last four, four out of the last five able to go down the list and you're thinking all right let's continue to back them because they have been winning for me time and time again but as those numbers go from the team being a five-point underdog to a four to a three to being now the favorite to laying points that causes a whole new ball of wax as well and you always notice that some of these teams that they find themselves in a new role going from like underdog to favorite and vice versa sometimes in that new role it's not so successful and vice versa. You go from being a favorite to an underdog, all of a sudden you start to make money as well. So always interesting to take a look at streaks, but we're always on a winning streak whenever Jason Kahn is putting together the guest list. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports, along with our good friend David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. That's on the flip side here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, get Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer for of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show us and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving on every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down the best bets, the big game props, breakdowns, breakdown and brackets of things when it comes to college basketball as well. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit visa.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99 and become a part of the sports betting network. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. And great to be joined by our two guests. We've got David Behrman over at ESPN Chalk and Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports. Gentlemen, it is great to have you aboard and off air just to let you in behind the curtain. We were both taking a look at the uh, warts that we've got in this Bengals versus Bills game. And I think that it's very fitting to start with this game because it was a game that we were expecting to get on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago, obviously. Tragedy struck that one. Fortunately, it looks like that story is going to have a good ending, which that we all were hoping for. But now we've got to settle things on the field this time around with the Bills being between a five to five and a half point favorite. Frank, I will start with you. I've got concerns with both of these teams, but when you give me a pair of teams with concerns, I always default to the points. And this to me just feels like a field goal game. Which team wins it, I'm a little bit unsure of. But if I'm able to get five points with either of these teams, I'm going to take it. I'm glad you said that. And I can't wait to see what David says about it too. Because I sit here and I was shocked by the line when it opened at four and a half. It moved to five. I'm like, I better take the five. This thing is going to move back to four and a half, four. I even thought maybe three and a half. And then it moved to six in some places. I, like, I don't understand this. I don't get why the Bills are all of a sudden the apple of everybody's eye. I get the Bengals have their offensive line issues, and I don't like betting into cluster injuries like that. But when you look at these two teams down the stretch, I thought the Bengals were the better team. I, I Just straight up. I, I think it's been a while since the Bills have really been that special team. They're good. They, they're certainly capable of winning a Super Bowl. But it has been a long time since they really – 
put the smack down on somebody. They obviously let the Dolphins hang around way too long last week. No offense, David. That, that They should not have been in that game, you know, 34-31 against Skylar Thompson. I, I just have questions about the Bills, how dominant they really are, especially at this time of year. I I, I just can't believe the Bengals are above four here. I, I just, I, I don't get the line. I, it's one of those rare times when I just look at the line and I'm just confused by by how it's moving and actually just the opener itself. Yep, I'm in agreement with you. I felt like this was a number that if you open it up at four, four and a half, no real gripes there. I'll take the points, but you know what? Relatively in line, but David, I'm not sure if you've got a different take than myself and Frank, but it just feels like five to five and a half here. It's getting too lofty because I feel like this is a game that it lands on a field goal. Yeah, I'm in lockstep with both of you guys. You know, Sunday night while the Bengals were, were finishing off the Ravens, I was waiting to see what the lines were going to be for the Bengals-Bills game. And just like Frank said, I, I was surprised at the number. Uh, the number I had put together since I was actually putting the document together and guesstimating before going back and editing it was three and a half. I had it right there at three and a half. So mm-hmm. I was surprised it mm-hmm. opened at four and a half, pushed the five. And and Frank said, if you grab some six, Godspeed. Go ahead and grab the six. You know, we we... we we, we know that they tried playing a couple of weeks ago and we're throwing that game out because of the Hamlin injury and everything else. And now we're going to get the rematch. But if you actually go back to that game, and I know that's a night that all of us will, will, will not ever forget, even though we want to forget it, the Bengals dominated that first quarter before the injury occurred. They went up and down the field uh, two times against, against the Bills and the Bills were held to a field goal, but the Bengals um, had already scored a touchdown and were well on their way to another one. So they looked pretty good in that matchup being that it was in Cincinnati and this one's going to be back in Buffalo. We don't know if Hamlin's going to be there, but I agree with Frank. The Bills have not looked like the dominant Bills team that that we've come to expect this season. And having watched that last game against the Dolphins very closely as a big Dolphins fan I am, uh, that should not have been a football game. They were three to one dominant in yardage. They let them hang around. You know, Josh Allen, all world MVP candidate, and, and we all love Josh Allen, turns the ball over way too much for my liking to be giving up five points in a game of, of this magnitude. You know, two interceptions and a fumble against the Dolphins defense that was banged up. Dolphins having the ball at midfield down three in that game uh, is something nobody expected. And even go back further, yes, they did beat the Patriots in their first game after the Hamlin injury, but it took two kick returns for a touchdown to be able to win that game. So if the building going to continue to play sloppy and not that good and make very bad decisions, you got to take the five. Sure. The Bengals are banged up, but this is the same banged up team that went to the Super Bowl last year. So I'm with you guys and taking the points. And I think that it is so interesting to take a look at this game just because both of these teams, they do have their flaws. And Frank, I want to throw this to you. Which team are you concerned about a little bit more? Because we've got the offensive line issues with the Cincinnati Bengals. We've got the constant just brain dead decisions with the bills the fumbles i think are a little bit of an outlier that we saw in that game against the dolphins but something that has been a constant all year long with the bills are these interceptions typically coming within their own within enemy territory typically coming within the red zone and that's what really has me out on the buffalo bills right now in that the bills they could completely outgain the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. They could completely dominate, but not be able to cover this game just because they have some sort of an untimely interception. Yeah, they're they're really loose with the ball, and you're asking which team I'm more concerned with. I, I get it's probably the right thing to say the Bengals because those injuries, but I'm going to say the Bills because just exact reasons you said. They're really not careful with the ball, and in just about every game they play this year, they have the better quarterback. They probably have the better quarterback in this game. But are we sure? Like Joe Burrow is 
look, there's five guys walking around on this planet who are just transcendent, elite, top-level quarterbacks. Joe Burrow is one of them. So is Josh Allen. I, I mean, it's a great quarterback matchup, but they can't just depend on, hey, we got the better quarterback in this game. No, Joe Burrow, can he could do some things, even against a really, really good Bengals defense or a really good Bills defense. We saw that last week. The Dolphins were able to move the ball much better than I expected. I, I just don't, I don't see that. You know, I thought the Bills were kind of maybe turn it on last week. It just didn't happen. They, they were kind of flat and sloppy. Yeah, I, I have more concerns about the Bills at this point because, as we've said, when was the last time they really you were like, yes, that's a special team. That is, you know, we're talking about the the '99 Rams or the '98 Broncos or the '91 Washington. Not we've seen that out of them at times. It hasn't happened in a couple months though. No, it has not. One thing that. I do know for sure because you were talking about typically the Bills have the best quarterback out on the field. The Chiefs are going to have the better quarterback in this game. No offense or buts about it going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But one thing that we also know as well is that the Chiefs have had difficulties covering big numbers, not just this year, but you go back to last year, they, as a touchdown favorite or more, they weren't necessarily able to get it done. And pretty much all across the board, we're finding the Jaguars as an eight and a half point underdog. David, I will start with you on this one. I think the Chiefs get it done. I think that they're going to be advancing to yet another AFC Championship game. I just look at this number, though, and I think, once again, it's going to be a case like we've seen so much with the Chiefs where they win the game outright, but they don't cover. And, and this has been the common misnomer with the Chiefs over the last couple of years. I can go back to 2020. The Chiefs are 12-18 and 18 against the spread when giving seven or more points, and you're looking right here at 8.5. Now, they did beat the Jaguars by 10 when they played each other earlier this season. Obviously, the different Jaguars team now than what we saw back then. But this is a Chiefs team that every single week you want to lay the number. They're Pat Mahomes, Kelsey. They got they got these weapons. They're going to go out and score a million points. And all of a sudden, it's you, you know they're down 10-7 at the end of the first period, and you're asking yourself, why did I lay such a big number? Do I think the Chiefs are going to win? Yes, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Do I think they can win by 8.5 or more? Absolutely. But it's way too many points to lay right now because the Jags, you saw what they did last week. Now they have a whole bunch of momentum and energy and it, 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 it's a better team than any of us thought it was going to be I still don't think they're anywhere near the Chiefs level and this is not a really good matchup for them uh, but I can't consciously tell anybody to lay eight and a half with a Chiefs team that just does not cover big numbers and even covered in general they're six ten and one against the spread this year so I'm going to be taking the Chiefs probably on the teaser line and I may even try some some alt parlays but I can't tell anybody to lay the eight and a half because of the way they've done it but I also wouldn't be surprised to see them cover the eight and a half yep I'm right there with you David and Frank how do you view this game because it is one of those circumstances where I do think that the Chiefs are very much the better team in this one if you just take a look at it the Chiefs they should be able to have a relatively solid chance of covering this game but they just have yet to be able to prove that they're able to cover these big numbers I, I'm gonna get a little weird on you guys we all like the eight and a half why don't we just sprinkle a little bit on the money line I can see the Jaguars being in this game I really can like this is a different team. They got a lot of last season Bengal vibes to me. Four seed. They've won six in a row. For them to come back last week, for Trevor to stay in the game after throwing four interceptions, throw the four touchdowns to bring them back. They got a lot of confidence. They got a lot of house money. They got the kind of quarterback who can get hot and turn your lights out. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to pick them straight up, you know, but with the plus 340, I could see this being like we're sitting there in the fourth quarter and it's 27-24 and the Jaguars got the ball and we're like, Whoa, what's what's going on here? Absolutely, and that's what makes the playoffs so great because it feels like one or two of those teams every year, they make a big run, and 
Are we going to be seeing that in the a NFC? We shall see as we're going to be diving into these games next with Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zinnicteen Pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products have two things in common. Typically, they're too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zinnicteen Pouches, they might surprise you because Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store that's nearest you at Zinn.com. That is ZYN.com today. And warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. We took a look at the AFC in the last segment, and, well... Right now, we're able to take a look at the AFC, and apparently Brandon Staley is going to be keeping his job. I have no idea why. If we've got time, we can talk a lot about that, but we've got to talk about the teams that are going to be playing this Sunday, and we do know that these two teams are going to be playing with the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers, and this is the tightest line on the board across the entire NFL right now with the 49ers a 3.5, seeing a stray 4 out there. In terms of how many points they're laying, total on this game is 46 of 46 half. And Frank, I'll start with you on this game. Where do you stand? Because I was very impressed by what I saw of the Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm sort of reminding myself right now, oh yes, this is a Buccaneers team that was not good all season long. And with the Dallas Cowboys, I think that they've got a lot of upside. I don't know if I want to necessarily invest in that because they've been all over the place in recent weeks. They really have. I can't lie about that. But when this line came up, I really thought it was going to be in the five, maybe even six range, because you know how much respect there is for the 49ers right now in the market. And I was going to jump on that six because I, I, I like the Cowboys a lot. And you, not just because they beat the Buccaneers. Look, we uh, we were on here last week, and I told you, uh, we all knew Buccaneers are terrible. Like they're, they're a bad football team all year. I am sad that the 2022 Buccaneers are out of my life because I loved betting against them all year. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Buccaneers. You've You've put some money in my pocket. It's not just that. It's the whole season they were good. You take out the first game, they just struggled. It was an off night for them. Last game of the year, nothing to play for. This was a 12-3 and football team. They have a really good quarterback who gets disrespected a lot, but I like Dak Prescott. Two good running backs. Offensive line that played really, really well uh, on Monday night. Number one receiver and a defense that can really get after you. Brock Purdy ain't played a defense like this. Straight up. Like, I, I'm not trying to say... Oh, Brock Purdy comes or crashes or he's played well. I, I don't necessarily think that he's just going to fall apart, but he also has not faced a front like this. that's going to get after him time and again. And I don't know the 49ers can beat this Cowboys team being one dimensional. I like the Cowboys to win. I do. I think that this Cowboys team has been good all season. Somehow they've flown under the radar. The Cowboys never fly under the radar. They're the Dallas Cowboys, but somehow they have not got the respect they deserve because we were all about the Eagles early in the season. We're all about the 49ers late in the season. And the Cowboys just cruised along, won 12 games, 13 on Monday night. I like this team a lot. Uh, I, nothing against the 49ers, great. But playing the best football out of anybody right now. But there's going to be an upset in this round. And I think it's going to be the Cowboys. I think that this is such a fascinating game because 
The way that I look at it is I think that it's going to be a field goal game. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be able to win this game outright, but I think that they certainly have the potential to be able to do so. I do have my worries with Dak Prescott and all the interception wolves, but David, I really like what I saw from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if the Dallas Cowboys do what they did in that game, that was simplify the offense, not take a whole bunch of bombs, rather just do what they did at the beginning of the year when Cooper Rush was in there and they simplified things a little bit more there. I think that's what's best for the Dallas Cowboys and gives them the best opportunity to win. Greg, they always say that the, the best way to handicap a game is to forget what you just saw the week before. And and I think there's no better example than than what we watched uh, last night. I, I literally would pay zero attention to that game because I'm 100% in agreement with Frank about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and will be putting my kid through his freshman year of college betting against <laughs> Tampa Bay all year long. So, yes, thank you, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm sorry your season's over. That was a bad football team. And I, I saw that game last night going exactly how it went. Dallas, much better team, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket because what I saw last night, because San Francisco is a really, really good football team. So personally for me, I don't like the spread at all at this one because I could see Dallas being the Dallas people expect to show up. And I can also see the team that Frank said was a 12-13 win football team that is a lot better than people actually give them credit for. What I'm going to be playing is the under in this game, and I'll tell you why. These are two really, really good defenses. San Francisco's had the top defense all year long. And Dallas, you saw what they did to Tampa and, and Tom Brady last week. And yes, I've said, forget what you saw that. But you can go back and look at this 2022 season. The Dallas defense was one of the top defenses all season long when healthy. You have two really good defenses. You have a Brock Purdy who's playing in his you know, second playoff game. But as Frank said, hasn't seen a defense like this. And with all due respect to what we saw out of Dak Prescott, there's not one person on the planet who had the five touchdowns, zero interception ticket in their hand. So I'm going to be playing the under. You, Greg, said field goal game. Frank likes Dallas to win. I could see both of those happening. But to me, this looks like about a 20-17 to 17 game one way or another. So I'll be playing the under and skipping the side on either side of this one. I don't think that that's a bad way to go. And just because we've got big games doesn't mean that you need to take a side in them. There's a big, giant prop board that is going to be available to you. There's a whole bunch of totals that you're able to take a look at. First half, full game. You're able to dive in game as well if you don't like anything before the game as well. So... There's many different ways to slice it. Don't think that you need to pick a side right now. We're sitting here very, very late Tuesday, early Wednesday, taking a look at these games. So there's still plenty of time. And if you can't come to anything, you know what? Watch a first drive and maybe that'll make up your mind as well because this is a Dallas Cowboys team that has given us a whole bunch of looks this season. And with the New York Giants, they've given us a few different looks this season. And the ones that we've been seeing most recently have been their best. They are currently a seven and a half point underdog against the Philadelphia Eagles. And when I take a look at this Giants team, they've been the team that I've had to upgrade the most in recent weeks with the play of Daniel Jones with, I mean, pretty much bags of gravel to throw to at this point for wide receivers. And Kenny Galladay, the biggest waste of money ever, which is just hilarious that he's making that much money. But that said, I do take a look at this game and I think the Philadelphia Eagles get it done. I think that they win outright, but this is just another case where I feel like north of a touchdown is too lofty, especially with the way that the Giants had to be able to ascend. And they've got arguably a top three coach at minimum, in my opinion, and Brian Dable. And I think that that keeps the Giants in the game and within a touchdown. I'm not sure if you agree, Frank, but I take a look at this Giants team and I like what I'm seeing. Actually, I'm against you, Greg. I think that we're going to get one blowout this weekend. It's going to be the Eagles. They're they're good football team. This team 
14 and one when Jalen Hurts starts a quarterback. They're this this is not the Vikings defense. <laughs> they're they're not going to give up what the Vikings did. I, I just see the Eagles kind of getting over on them early. The the Giants look their Giant season's made already, right? Like they they made the playoffs. Nobody expected that. Won their first playoff game since Eli Manning beat Tom Brady in the second for the second time in a Super Bowl. It's, it's just complete house money for them. And I, I just think that they've reached the end of the road. They've reached their goals. And the Philadelphia Eagles rested. I think Jalen Hurts is healthy. That's a big key. Like I, it's one of those games where I might look at this thing live early on after a drive or two and say, Jalen Hurts is right still. I, I might need to get on the Giants here. But going into it, pre-flop, as, as you'd like to say, I, I like the Eagles a lot. I think this is our one blowout. This is one favorite I like on the board. I just think the Eagles are just a different class. Different class of team. Like I said, the Giants have already reached what they want to reach this year. Great season for them. Awesome. They hit a home run at head coach. They, their quarterback took a step. Everything you want to see. I just don't think they can beat the Eagles here or even keep it close to count. And with the Eagles, the one concern that I do have with this team as well is that Lane Johnson injury, it does mm. pop into my head just a little bit with the Philadelphia Eagles. When he went down, the Eagles did not necessarily look quite the same on on the offensive side of things. David, where do you stand on this game? Because I do think that the Eagles get it done. And I think that this could be a touchdown game. Getting north of a touchdown just feels like it's went a little bit too far. This is a step up in competition for the Giants. Like Frank said, this is not the Minnesota Vikings, and and, and we were – we were in the majority last week in, in picking the Giants upset. I had the Giants with the points and on the money line. So last week did not surprise me because that was not a really great Minnesota team as we had seen all year long with one-score games. It was eventually going to fall apart for them. So congratulations to the Giants. As Frank said, dream season. Uh, I, I'm in the Northeast. I'm surrounded by Giant fans as well as Patriots and Jet fans. And and I didn't see this coming out of New York Giants. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to be able to compete. Hey, they did it, and kudos. This is a step up in competition. But I will caution, even though I do agree with Frank that this potentially could be the blowout game of the weekend, the Giants are the best team in football against the spread. 14-4, and mm. um, they're, they almost every single game they've been in this year. And the Eagles have not covered the last four games. Granted, Jalen Hurts was injured for a couple of them and not right for the third one. Frank is correct. If Jalen Hurts is healthy, this could be a blowout. I don't know if they're going to be healthy, but I also know that the Eagles have been a very, very good first-half team. So, Hey, Frank, you said watch and bet it live. That might be the way to go here. If I had to pick a side right now, I would take the 7.5 only because the team like the Giants, 14-4 and four against the spread. But I don't think they get it done. I think the Eagles win this game, and it might not be as close as people think. Yep, I think that we're going to be getting the one seeds to go through into the championship round of the playoffs. But with that said, I do think that these spreads – they are going to be coming into play, and it's always great to get great guests aboard on this show. Frank, you do great work over at Yahoo Sports, and David, likewise, over at ESPN Chalk. Really do appreciate the time tonight. Thank you. Enjoy the game this weekend, guys. Absolutely. Coming up next, we're going to be turning our attention to college basketball and taking a look at some Big 12 action next year on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying, Cal's a bust, he can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. on VSN, the sports betting network. The football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go-to sportsbook for all things football. This playoff season, celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance. Then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with the playoff first touchdown insurance. Log into betrivers.com or Download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. We just talked the last few segments about so many different angles to take a look at in terms of these divisional round playoff matchups. And I really do think that these are going to be some amazing matchups. I personally am looking at pretty much all underdogs at this point. So that's sort of where I stand on those. And we're going to have you guys covered all week long here on the Greg Peterson Experience and all throughout the network. And if you are looking for more picks, vcin.com slash picks. You're able to see where everyone is standing on so many of these games. Everyone that covers the NFL here, which is most of us, let's call it what it is. Most people 
do cover football. I'm a little bit more of a baseball guy when it comes to that season as well, so I'm a little bit less NBA, so you're not going to be finding as much from me. And plus, unfortunately on this show, just because with the way that the NBA is structured, it's really, really tough to be able to get these games overnight. So let me stick to more college basketball here, which is what we're going to be going with right now. And I can tell you, if you're a fan of college basketball, hopefully you are taking in these Big 12 conference games and you are enjoying them because this is high-level theater that we are seeing right now. And it's a very unfortunate that not all 10 of these teams are going to be making the NCAA tournament because I know that some people are giving some shots at Texas Tech for the way that they have not been performing recently, but all 10 of these teams, in my opinion, are in the top 40 in all of college basketball. That's just the way that I take a look at it. And with West Virginia, they are in a little bit of a danger zone right now with the way that their conference season has started out. And they could use a win against CCU. 691, 692 on the board. West Virginia, anywhere between a one and a half to a two and a half point favorite, depending upon where you look. And your total saying between 148 and 148 and a half. And this is a circumstance where I did set West Virginia as a slight favorite. I do think that this is going to be a good spot for them to be able to get right in this matchup. And with West Virginia, what I think is just so important for them is being able to improve a little bit on defense. They're right around 100th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but they've got guys that are able to bomb it from three-point range. Trey Mitchell, Eric Stevenson. These guys both give you between 15 and 16 points per game. They both shoot the high 30s from three-point range. They do a good job of being able to facilitate by committee. Joe Toussaint, along with Kadrian Johnson, they combine for a little bit over six assists per game. These guys have been rock solid, and they're going up against a TCU team that they are the far superior team. When it comes to defense, they rank in the top 25 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And for TCU, what they do well on offense is that they don't make careless mistakes. This is a little bit more of an up-tempo team, and really both of these teams play at relatively similar tempos. As you got a TCU team that's right around 60th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. West Virginia, they're more in that one on earth range. Both of these teams play brisk. Neither of these teams play super-duper out of control or anything like that, but with TCU. They've done a good job with about 11.8 turnovers per game, and things really changed when Damian Ba was able to get back in the fold for the scene, because with Damian Ba, he was suspended towards the beginning part of the season. I believe he missed six games in total, and he sold off 5.5 assists at fewer than two and a half turnovers per game, gives you a double-figure amount of points. He's able to chip in there, right in the neighborhood about four and a half rebounds per game. There is one flaw with this TCU team that I think is going to be costly, though, and that's that they just don't shoot it well from three-point range. You're shooting 28.8% from three-point range, you do have Emmanuel Miller who gives you 14 half points. He shoots 48% from three, and really past that, you really don't get a lot else out of anyone else. And this is a TCU team that, on top of that, you take a look at them in a roadside shoot record environment, the defense does fall off a little bit. About 16.2 points more per 100 possessions surrendered when they are away from home rather than when they are at home. So that's a bit of an issue, and I do think that West Virginia... They're going to be able to get the job done in this circumstance. Neither of these teams have a supreme rebounder. Both of these teams do a good job of rebounding by committee. If you do have one, probably Eddie Lampkin for TCU. Seven rebounds per game. TCU has a little bit of a leg up down low, but I do think that going into Morgantown for TCU, it is going to be relatively difficult. I do think that West Virginia gets the job done late, and I do think that late game following is going to be able to help you out with this total. I set mine at a 148.5, so... We're seeing mostly 148 on the board. It's really the max I'm willing to go over on, but I am willing to dive in on the over end with West Virginia. 
Seeing mostly twos on them, one to lay a two, the one and a half out there, even better. And I do think that every half point in the Big 12, it really does matter. So, I mean, even though you like it up to a two, if you're able to get that one and a half, you do want to be taking it because these games are all coming down to the final few possessions. You cannot be too safe in these circumstances. So, one to lay it with West Virginia. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. And when it comes to what we're getting on Wednesday. We've got a lot of really good conference play. We're going to be hitting upon the Big Ten in the next segment, so a little bit of a teaser there, but how about if we go over to the SEC? This is a rematch of a game that we saw a few weeks ago, and I do think that you're going to be seeing the opposite team win this one. It's all about by the margin. 7-7, 7-8 on the board. It is Arkansas in the red faceoff against Missouri. Missouri opened up a one-point favorite. Now we're seeing between 1.5 and, and 2, and your total... Saying between 153 and a half and 154. Interesting that this total has ticked downward because this is a total that on the opener of 155 and a half, I thought that you were getting relatively solid value on the under. Now at 154 and a half, I think it's getting down to the point where you can start to consider an over because last time these two teams played, Arkansas got the job done by a count of 74 to 68. That was a little bit of an off night for Missouri though, and I do think that Missouri. They are going to be able to get their revenge. I think that it's going to be a very, very thin margin in this game, though. I set my line at 1.5. Right now, seeing 1.5 to 2, I'm going to let this thing marinate in the AM because with Missouri, when you were seeing the opener of 1, they were picking them in some spots. That's really good because at that point, you just need them to be able to win the game out right now. You need them to be able to win by a full possession. It might be able to get a little bit more lofty as well. And if you could get north of a 2, that's really what I'm going to be starting to dive in on Arkansas. An Arkansas team that is dealing with some injuries. Nick Smith has only played in four games this season. Trayvon Brazil, who was really their main low post guy, who was able to give them rebounds. He is now out for the season. And it's a Arkansas team that they do an absolutely tremendous job with their defense. They rank in the top 30 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They go up against a Missouri team that is the complete opposite. Missouri has essentially like nine guys there able to shoot from three. Everyone on Missouri is able to facilitate. They do a great job with positionless basketball with having a guy in Kobe Brown. He's able to give you seven rebounds. He's at six foot eight. He's going to be the hardest guard in this game. But you go back to that first matchup. Arkansas lost the turnover battle by kind of 17 to 10. Arkansas shot 621 from three, which is relatively on par for them. This is an Arkansas team that they only shoot about 29% from three. They're one of your worst outside shooting teams at all of college basketball. Missouri, they shoot more around 35% from three. They won six of 19 in this game, which is somewhat what I expect in this game. I think that they're going to attempt a few more threes, but Arkansas, a very good three-point shooting defense. Missouri, a very solid three-point shooting offense. What I think is going to be turning around a little bit more in this game Arkansas won that rebound battle in the first game by a count of 40-23. to 23. And do I think Arkansas is a better team down low? Yes. Do I think that they're going to out-rebound Missouri by 17 again? Heck no. They were getting some bounces to go their way. Anthony Black, Ricky Council, both of these guys are solid in that Arkansas backcourt. They combined for 33 points per game. Black has been able to give you right around five rebounds per game. Council is able to dole out right around three and a half assists per game. But for Missouri, you've got... Demoy Hoge, along with Sean East, DeAndre Golson, all these guys do a good job dishing out the ball. Nick Honor, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to generate swipes. Missouri, they generate nearly 12 steals per game. Arkansas does a good job of being able to force some turnovers as well. 
I think that this is going to be a frenetic up and down game. You've got two teams that rank in the top 55 in terms of total possessions per game. And if you're like myself starting to look at the over, I would say you probably should be rooting for a little bit more of a five, six point game with a minute remaining because you know what that means. That means hacking. That means going to the free throw line. And I could see that going on in this spot. Now, I said Missouri has only a one and a half point favorite. So the two would be starting to be my buy point on Missouri. This opened up at one slash of pick em, which was my buy point on Missouri. So it's a circumstance where I'm going to be letting this thing just sort of settle in in the AM. If this continues to go upward, take the points with Arkansas. And if we see this go back to the opener, I'd be willing to lay it with the Missouri Tigers. So that's where I stand there. And now that we've seen the bump down in terms of the total, I think you've now got some value with regards to this over. I do expect a little bit more scoring than in game number one. And what we expect here is a pro tip for our number one, vcin.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these all by show and by sport. And this one really applies to all sports. When it comes to taking a look at streaks, positive or negative, always be sure that you don't blindly backslash blindly fade a streak. Every team has a buy point. Every team has a sell point. Certainly you want to be taking what we've seen recently for these teams into account. But at the same time, don't just continue to ride a streak or fade a streak. I think that that's very important to do. And very important to do coming up next is take a look at some college basketball. I made DK Nation pick here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 